Hi, and welcome to the Every Brain Matters podcast. I'm your host, Aubrey Adams, and director of Every Brain Matters, a community of support, alliance, and science. I'm a former Colorado mom who sought refuge in Texas due to the harms marijuana caused my family and my community. We ask you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a good review as we share valuable information. In today's podcast, we learn more about CHS, or cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. This is part four. CHS is a very serious illness that is not well known, but everyone should be highly concerned about because it's one of the leading illnesses related to marijuana. Let's talk to Alicia. Welcome, Alicia, to the Every Brain Matters podcast on cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, or CHS for short. Um, We appreciate you sharing your story with us today. And could you tell us how did you develop CHS symptoms? I've been living in Portland and working in Portland and um, medical marijuana became legal and I live in a condominium community. And I would smell the odor of marijuana, the classic odor and in my condo community. And then gradually over time, everywhere on the street in Portland, it became more and more observable. And then in my place of business that my husband and I owned, um, we started smelling the odor of cannabis a lot in our place of business. And um, it kept getting worse and worse. The air would get thick with the smoke and the smell was really strong. And when it started to become really prevalent at our place of business, I started to notice that I had different symptoms, um, a lot of nausea, uh, kind of upset stomach a lot when I wake up in the morning. Um, and I started to notice that in our place of business that I would get kind of the nausea, I'd get um, not only nausea, but my skin would start to burn and my skin would turn red in color. And um, then as my skin would get more red and I would start to um, be exposed to cannabis more frequently, over time that led to like extreme kind of stomach discomfort, extreme uh, nausea. And then it started to have the vomiting reflex. I wouldn't necessarily vomit, but I'd start to have the vomiting reflex. And then over time it led to, upon exposure, I would actually get the burning of my skin, the redness of my skin, I would then start to have the vomiting reflux over and over. And then I would start to vomit. And anytime I would start to get the vomiting reflux, or I'd actually vomit again, the only thing that would ever help me is if I would be able to get in the hot shower and stay there for 30 to 40 minutes. And I realized at first that it seemed to be with specific exposure Um, that I I noticed that, okay, now I'm having all of these problems. It's not all the time. And um, then there was an article that was posted in the Statesman Journal, uh, which is the the state capital Salem's paper. And it was about um, cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. And it was about um, how people were having the same symptoms that I was. And a doctor was writing the article and the article was about people coming into the Salem hospitals with this and that the only thing that would solve their problem was um, a hot shower. And the, 
that then when you look at, oh, how do you solve this problem? It's stop using cannabis. And I myself am not a cannabis user. And so I'm being exposed to it second and third hand. And so I started to go to the medical community and um, try and see if I could get help for the issue. But because even though I found studies that show that people can have this secondhand with secondhand exposure um, in the state of Oregon, they're not willing to diagnose it unless you are a user of cannabis, a firsthand user. So I don't have a technical diagnosis of it, diagnosis of it but I have all the same symptoms and experiences of it. So this is a very, very important point that you are making to the viewers. Um, because I think some people have that have heard of CHS understand the people that are using any cannabis products. And the way I understand it, it's all of them, the CBD, the THC, any product, edibles, smokables, whatever. Um, if you're consuming that, you have a risk for the CHS or the cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. But to the viewers, we need to clarify that you were exposed to cannabis in your, at your workplace, and it was a, a business that you owned, and that you were not consuming any cannabis products, any marijuana products. And this happened over time, and, and that you realized that your symptoms that you were developing were the exact symptoms of CHS. And... Um, that's a, that's a really key point to make. And so, so that is considered secondhand exposure. And um, I don't think people realize that not only a person like you who's surrounded by it in your place of business where you work, but even like children living in these, these environments. So I kind of want to talk about that a, a little bit later. So you did say you had a relief of symptoms when you took hot showers. I do. That was the only thing that would that would change my symptomology. And it, I would have to take a shower from about 30 minutes to sometimes two hours to relieve my symptoms. Because wow. I could I could vomit, have bouts of vomiting that would last for five to six hours. Wow. Wow. So when you developed this, how, how did this these symptoms of CHS affect your life? What changes happened? <laughs> a lot of changes happened because... Um, again, for somebody medically to solve this problem or to get rid of these symptoms, the medical recommendation is just to avoid contact with the substance. And unfortunately, I have no control over the contact with the substance because if it's from secondhand or even thirdhand exposure. And so for me, um, because it wasn't anyone in our business who was using, it was a neighboring house to the business that was using marijuana a lot. And we have no legal rights to request that they stop using. And we have no uh, ability to say that they can't use on their porch or that they can't um, use at specific times of day. And so we ended up having to, we had been in business in the same place for 15 years and we had just signed a new lease for another five years, um, about three months prior to all of the symptoms starting to be really severe. And we had to break our lease and close our business. And so I also then wasn't able to live in our condo anymore because we have users all around us. We have a, a shop in the bottom that sells like glassware. and so 
it attracts users just around the building, but then we have several users who actually live in the building and, and three of them being directly under our unit. And so even our floor had this odor of marijuana, just like if you'd get close to the floor, the whole carpet smelled like it. Wow. It, it, the smell really does. I've, I've lived around marijuana users and the smell really, I mean, even if you're driving down the road and they're smoking in front of you, when the smell and the smoke comes into your vehicle, it's there like all day and even into the next day. It, it's a very, very difficult to get out. So I can't imagine your, your living conditions and your working conditions being exposed to this. Um, I've had other families contact me um, that live in neighborhoods with people smoking around them too. And, and so, th- you know, when, when, when I first met Alicia, I was thinking, my gosh, how in the world um, is, are we going to manage this? Because like you said, the rights are in favor of the marijuana users and not necessarily the people around them. So we really need to make this point. CHS is a very serious condition. Um, there's a cure for it. Like you said, um, you have to not use it. You have to get away from it, but you literally could not physically get away with it without physically moving to a different location. Um, yeah, we moved our business five times in a year in the Portland general area. And in every single location, there were people in um, like tenants of the same building who were in the units next to us who were using or we were in a standalone home and the home right next door people were using so frequently and outdoors people were using. And so moved our business five times in a year, eventually had to completely close the business. Um, at least the portion of the business that I, I have and my husband, his portion of the business was able to continue to be open because he doesn't have the same symptoms that I have. And, um, and then for, for a home as well, I had moved homes. I moved four homes within a year and I finally had to relocate, you know, out to a much less populated area in central Oregon instead of being in, in Portland. So I had to relocate to a, a place, you know, far from my husband and uh, just to be able to function. That's, that's just awful that you've had to separate to a different location than where your husband lives, just so you, you can live a normal life, a day-to-day life. That, that says a lot about how potent marijuana is now, how prevalent it is. And um, it makes me wonder about who's, I mean, you're, you are able, you're an adult, you're able to advocate for yourself. I mean, you've made sacrifices for your health um, because of the culture embracing more marijuana use. But I, I, I worry and I am like wondering if there's children that are developing CHS and they're sick and, you know, they're being extended and maybe the, the cause is being around um, secondhand and thirdhand marijuana exposure. Um, who's advocating for those kids? Um, that that really highly concerns me, and um, I'm I'm very sorry that you you've had this experience, but I'm I'm very grateful that you're sharing it with us because I don't think this is something anybody ever saw coming with the marijuana expansion that we're living through. Um, when you share your story, um, including to other like medical pro- people in the uh, medical community or medical professionals. Do they, do they believe you? They um, originally don't. Um, they want to rule out every possible uh, alternative. And so then they put me through 
every test imaginable that they can think of that it's related to and other than this symptom. And now it's progressively gotten much worse than just these symptoms. Uh, the exposure has been so great that you know, it continues to affect your motor skills and your neurological development, your organ system starts to have issues, which is all things that I have issues with now because it's just kept progressing. And um, because all my tests come back fine, I'm a really healthy individual. And because, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, I can be you know, I can be sitting in the doctor's office talking to them and I'm fine. And the next minute somebody's vaping in the bathroom and my face turns bright red. I start to, you know, have the vomiting sounds and then eventually now it turns into convulsions. So I start to convulse and, you know, as soon as the vaping goes away, then my body just comes right back to normal. And um, so I, I w was lucky that I had one doctor who he's like, yeah, I can see this is situational. This is not you all the time. All your tests have come back great. And so he's like, yeah. So he actually wrote in my notes, he wrote, this is cannabis related. You know, all we can do to help her is to um, suggest that she avoid exposure to cannabis, whether it's firsthand, secondhand, thirdhand. And but then it was interesting because the, the group that I was in, the insurance group, they then refused to let me see him as my primary care physician. And they transferred me to another primary care physician. And in all my notes that got transferred, everything that said the word cannabis in it was removed. And yeah, and so then with the new doctor, I had to go and, and meet her and, and, and I even, I always bring in advocate, I bring my father and because he's seen my symptoms, he's been there present with it, he's videoed it. So I have video recordings of it. Um, and so, you know, he comes in as my advocate, you know, just to make sure that it's clear and, and, and make sure that, you know, this is what's happening as she's talking about this. But I can also tell that when she's having these symptoms, you know, she can black out, she can, and so I'm, I'm there and I see the result of what's going on. And it's interesting, but then, you know, with the new person that we referred to, we had to really work at and keep sending emails saying, I don't see the word cannabis include it in my notes. It says I have nerves, burning nerves, or it says that I have an upset stomach, or it says that, that you know, I specifically say every single time that this is only when I'm exposed to cannabis. It's not a symptom I have all the time. It's a symptom that specifically and precisely when I'm exposed to any cannabis product, whether it's, you know, second or third hand, whether it's a person walking by who has a lot of it on them, uh, whether it's vape, whether it's somebody actually like smoking a joint or a bong or something, it's specific to exposure. And and most of the medical community is really hesitant, at least in the state of Oregon, has been super hesitant to include that it's related to direct cannabis exposure. So we need to clarify to the audience, uh, CHS, cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, is a severe syndrome of cyclic vomiting, um, abdominal pain, um, and it can result in organs shutting down, kidney failures, electrolyte imbalances. Um, it can, it's, a, it's a syndrome that makes you very sick and, and it's becoming more common with marijuana users or cannabis users. And 
And it's like the number one reason why people are going to the ER um, to get help. And a lot of these people need to be hospitalized over and over again because they need uh, fluids and they need um, to get their electrolytes balanced again. And and people have died from this syndrome. So, So Alicia is sharing with us because of her secondhand exposure to cannabis products in the public, in her workplace, in her, where she lived, she developed these same symptoms that affect your daily life that can be a hazard to your health and lead to severe consequences. Have you considered moving out of state or to a different community where marijuana isn't so prevalent? Yeah, we definitely have been looking at moving to a state that doesn't have it yet legalized and that uh, we know at least for some time there's there's more support for those people who don't want to be exposed. So we have definitely been looking at moving out of state and leaving Oregon. What are your top two or three states you're looking at? Because this is a common question I get all the time. We've been looking at Idaho, Wyoming, uh, South Dakota, those, those states. Okay. Yeah. I wish we could find, um, cannabis free communities. We definitely need it. Um, not just for your situation, but just for families in general and, and this normalization to kids and the poor example it's setting to the kids about all this drug use. Um, what, what is your perspective about, you know, the environment of, of what we're showing our children with all the expansion of marijuana and, and all this prevalent marijuana use? I think it's unfortunately because the kids who are being born and growing up today, they don't ever have the opportunity to grow up like we did where um, marijuana was not the norm. It was kind of the abnormal and it was the novelty. And so they don't have the opportunity to grow up in an environment, an air environment that's clean. They don't have the opportunity to grow up in like home environments that are clean. Um, they don't have the opportunity to grow up with the best possible opportunity for their brain to learn and develop and, and establish good emotional responses to things because they're constantly being exposed. And they're also being given the idea that if they don't try these things, that that means that they're not normal. Yeah, You know, they're being given that impression that just if they don't try these things, that means that there's something off about them versus that no it's the people who are choosing to use in order to escape problems or not deal with certain issues that maybe that's not what the normalcy should be that that shouldn't be what's normalized that people who are able to stay present in their bodies and and in their with their emotions and actually deal with their life in a more constructive way is what the normal should be I 100% agree. So thank you for bringing this to our attention and sharing your 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 experience. And we hope that you can continue to live in an environment where you're not exposed and be re- reunited with your husband soon too. That would be ideal. Thank you, Alicia, for sharing your experience with CHS and how you've developed those symptoms from secondhand exposure. This is a very serious issue. Um, We ask the viewers to subscribe to our Every Brain Matters podcast for our next episode on cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, where we talk to a mother and her son who developed cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. 
Stay tuned for that, and thank you. Remember, every brain matters.